Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Would you like to chit or chat? I feel like we've done this before, but this week I'll take chat. Interesting. Then I will chit. (laughs) Cue music. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. Uh, I am your host, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And tonight, as you may have noticed, we are doing another chit-chat! We are indeed. um, Unlike... What does that mean, Phil? (laughs) What that means is that there is still a pandemic going on. Um, right. And other stuff. And other stuff, which we'll talk about in the uh, in the outtakes. Um, but um, during these um, during these difficult times, uh, as a way to um, to give ourselves a little self care, we have taken uh, the show complexity down a notch. Uh, so we've done that by uh, not scripting the show in advance and not editing the show. Uh, very much. I think mm-hmm. you just do a little end trimming and drop some I, music yeah. in. I just put the music at the beginning, I put the music at the end, and that's it. And what that means for you, good listeners, is that you will find the outtakes scattered throughout the show, Correct. like Easter eggs, to be hunted down and found, yes. and instead of separated out carefully into their own little basket. Uh, it also means that uh, the topics that we're coming up with tonight are organic, uh, so we're, organic. we're doing that by talking about uh, things gaming-wise and other that are going on in our lives. What so, a good descriptor that was. <laughs> organic, yes. Yeah, it makes it sound good instead of lazy. Uh, it's not, it's neither, right? So when we do curated episode, when we do scripted episodes, we are often um, instructing on a particular topic. But tonight we're just going to talk about, um, and we have a good, and we have a um, really good way of doing this, is to kind of pull the gaming topics out of the things that are going on in our gaming. Right. Um, which, you know, we game, and so therefore we, we have experiences, we ideas, and that. thoughts on gaming. So we're going right. to do that. shocking, isn't it? And then on the second yes. half of the episode, we'll talk about something else that's giving us life. So yeah. um, now, for any reason, if you are a new listener to the show, like you've been, you know, walled up in your house, and maybe you're just getting out, like starting to go back out in the world, and you're like, hey, I got this cool new podcast to listen to, and you're like, hmm, people seem pretty interesting. Know that these aren't our normal episodes. If you want one of our uh, more, quote, standard episodes, which we'll mm. eventually return to. Polished. 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 One of our more polished episodes. Yeah. yeah. Which we'll eventually return to. We'll um, get back. Go find in our back catalog anything with a number. Um, we've, mm-hmm. we've been very careful to not number these so that people were just aware that they're a little different in format. So if you want to get a taste of what uh, Talking Games is like uh, at other times... Go check a numbered episode out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I'm going to back you up for one second because beep, these beep, are numbered. Beep. They're just numbered differently from the rest well, of the episodes. Well, that's fine. But if you go, right there, go back and look for something. Chit, this is like Chit Chat 7. Right. But go back and look <laughs> for something like 147. 200 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Go look for a number like that. Right. We've been doing this for a while. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so okay. cool. Uh, so we we open the show with 
uh, what's giving us life in gaming. Well, let's let's actually pause one more second here because this is something else that I feel like we should just be saying still. So we just remember, um, hey, Black Lives Matter. Don't stop, people. Keep yes. going. Okay, carry on. No, now you may finish your sentence. Uh, well, and Happy Pride. It's Pride Month. It is Happy Pride. I'm going to talk about that later. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, we like to start by um, talking about uh, something in gaming that's giving us life. So what? in gaming is giving you life. Well, the thing that my group has started doing. Um so it, it this is and this is interesting. I'm going to give you a little bit of a run up. I've been looking into and I've been talking about and we've been chatting about and I've been writing about and I've been having on my other podcast and stuff. All of these epistolatory games, right? Which epistolatory meaning letter writing, right? Where you're writing writing letters back and forth. And um one of the reasons for those is because during pandemic when you are um social distancing, it's a really good way to play without being at the table breathing on each other in a small space, which, um, as we are beginning to learn, is one of the worst places to be, a small enclosed indoor space with many people who are speaking loudly. Um, not great for a long period of time. <laughs> um, so, so one of the game types that I had been looking into and really interested in is these letter writing games. Um, but Strangely enough, I haven't done any of them as actual letters, right? Like, I've written emails, I've written to fake scientific journals, um, I've uh, written, you know, the letter portions back and forth in a Google document, etc., 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 right? We've been still using electronic stuff to make this happen. Well, so, my game group and I decided to do an actual letter writing game and the cool thing about this is we get to support the post office because we're all buying a bunch of stamps and you get cool mail that isn't a package that you ordered and is not a bill which is super duper fun and you get to send your friends cool things so we, we have started an actual letter writing game um and this is a game i think there's eight of us i want to say I think there's eight of us. Um, and we decided that we are all monsters um, of various types living in our modern world. And uh, MonCon 2020 was canceled due to the pandemic. And so instead of having this big convention that we were all supposed to be at for our various purposes, um, you know, each of our characters has a different reason that we would be there, um, we got assigned into pen pal groups. And we did determine specifically that most monsters don't have good relationships with technology for one reason or another. I, for example, am a cat and therefore have no opposable thumbs. Um, and so we are writing actual physical letters to each other instead of... Um, you know, doing it via email or whatever. Um, and a couple of cool things about this that I have noticed so far, having, we have done our first round of letter writing. <laughs> so a couple of cool things that I've noticed about this. Um, the first one is that it, it, it really is just neat to get a physical object of your game. Because of course, as we're writing letters, we are creating um, the, the history and the artifacts of the game itself, which we will be able to keep or do whatever we want with, right? Which is super cool. So one of the things that I'm doing as I'm writing these letters is I'm generating a physical artifact of this game. Mm -hmm. Also super cool. So I'm thinking about that stuff as I create it. So um, I am a cat. My familiar is a teenage girl. Um, she writes my letters for me because she has opposable thumbs. So my letters are all written so far like they are, 
you know, a 13-year-old girl who has a crush on everybody in the world. So there's, like, little hearts over all the eyes. And, like, there was a moment where, like, we had to stop and have a discussion about growing up because one of the things that is facing my character right now is that her familiar is getting too old to be able to continue to hear her speak. And so she's about to need to move families and find a new familiar. Um, and so she just had to pause in the middle of her first letter to have a conversation with her familiar about growing up and, and what it meant and like how goodbyes are sad, but it doesn't mean that we don't care about each other anymore. Like, and then like went back to the letter, but it mean there, meant there was like a scribbly part and like then a, an explanation later. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I, I tucked my letter into, I used my nice stationery. I tucked my letter into a nice envelope. I put some catnip in because I'm a cat. And, uh, you know, so I put catnip in it. And then I, uh, and then I sealed it with wax and I put a stamp on it and I sent it off. And it was a really cool experience because there's so much physicality involved in it. And you don't quite know when it's going to get there and you don't know when the letter's going to get back. Um, so it's neat in that aspect in terms of the artifacts, the actual physical artifacts. And then the second part of it is that, um, you know, when you talk about asynchronous gaming, um, one of the challenges that I have now learned um, is uh, making sure that everybody is able to engage with the game um, in a fashion that is not overwhelming and also like maintains interest and in all of that stuff in the game itself. Um, and by bringing it down to letter writing, um, it makes it actually much easier because the expected time frame and the expected amount of interaction um, is much more limited to a specific moment in time when you either receive a letter or when you write a letter, right? But you could be like imagining and coming up with all the cool things that are happening in the world around us um, all around that time so that you have some self-play time in imagining all of those things, which is pretty cool. And we are driving the story ahead in that everybody, once every week, we're writing letters every week. So once a week, somebody um, advances, like something else happens in the world that we can, as a like world event magic thing that we can incorporate. Um, I was just going to ask letters. you about that part. If there was a... If there was yeah. like a central event thing, like as a topic for you to talk about, I, that's cool. Yeah, it is. And and um, of course, I, s I started off and I set the bar kind of high because I had to come up with the first thing. So instead of just writing what was happening, I made the newspaper article of what was happening <laughs> in the Magic Times and um, <laughs> and then sent everybody the first page of the newspaper with the article in it. Um which apparently is going to now be standard because now Brett did too. <laughs> it's great. Um, so yeah, it's delightful. I'm super excited about it. Um, yeah, I got my first letter. It was fantastic. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Um, I think what I find interesting, I think what I find really interesting is that in, in some ways, like we've come full circle. When I yeah. was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, many, many years ago in the 1980s, or as my kids like to say, in the 1900s. Um, oh, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I remember um, I remember reading uh, Dragon Magazine, and there would always be ads in the back of Dragon Magazine for play-by-post um, yeah. play adventures. And in, in the 1980s, play-by-post meant by letter. Like, yeah. Not like on a... Not like on a um, not like on a chat board, but like by letter. 
so I remember, I remember it, but I never did it. Um, I always had a local group. And so I just, I, I typically just played local games. But it was so, the, so I thought it was just fascinating that um, now, like almost 40 years later, um, we're back <laughs> we right again. around to, uh, back right around to letter writing. Now, as we say this, someone will be like, those games have been going on forever. I'm sure they yeah, have. I'm sure, I just, I'm sure they have, that. and I just haven't been aware of it. Um, but I do think it's interesting that, um, I do think it's interesting that you picked that as a, uh, as a medium, um, especially because I think there's so much fun, uh, you can have with it. Like, yeah. I, like I would, so, <laughs> so me being me, if I was playing this, I would have had to have like first placed like a whole order to jet pens, <laughs> right? Like I would have just well. been, I'd have been on jet pens and been like, okay, I'm going to need some specific stationery. I'm going to need a character pen, possibly ink. Um, <laughs> is my, is my character, is my character a fountain pen? Are they a gel pen? Are they, you know, like I would have. Like I, I like I would have gotten deep into this bullshit. I don't know if you can see this, and I know our podcast listeners cannot, but this is the new seal I just got, which is a cat. Yes, uh, yes. with stars yes. in the background, so that now when I seal my wax seal on my letters, it has a cat on it. Oh, because before I only had a moon. Yeah. This is important. Now, part of this is I might end up buying more stationery. However, I have a large quantity of stationery on this bookshelf behind me in that flowery box. Yeah, I do not. That I'm trying right. to use up. <laughs> I do not. So I would definitely be like, I would definitely be going through this whole thing of like, who is this character and and what does their stationery um, look like what does their stationery say about this character right like oh, i like the I've fact been that like resisting so hard doing that because like i said i need to use the stationery yes. that i have but like if I, I have many ideas about what her stationery would look like if i were to buy it <laughs> i used to have so back in the late 80s late 80s early 90s i had this really bad habit of um I would go to like Walden books. Do you remember Walden books? Yes. Okay. I used yes, to like, I, I would go to like Walden books or B yep. Dalton or whatever. And, um, I would buy those journals, you know, the ones they'd have like on the rotating rack, like the hardcover yes. journals. I would buy them and be like, I'm going to use this journal for my, yes. like for my game, <laughs> like for the game. I'm going to like the character I'm playing or whatever. And yes. then like the and campaign you, would end like a couple months mm -hmm. and I'd have used like six pages Yep. And then I'd be like, I'll need to get another journal. Yeah. <laughs> like I I could not just I did that too. I so yeah. I, I used to have until I finally like just made peace with it and let them go. I had like a graveyard of journals with like five pages used, six pages used. Uh-huh. Um, I've now uh I've grown comfortable in my old age of just uh, using a journal and when I stop and pick it back up, just get to the next fresh page and start again. Like I'm not, yeah. I don't have any issues about that anymore. I used to have a lot of hangups like, Oh, if I'm going to use a journal, it needs to be pristine. Right now <laughs> well, I'm just nice like to have pristine journals, but then it's also like, Oh, when I write in this, I might screw it up. Well, I also for many, many years had a stack of blank journals that I refused to touch 
because I was afraid that if I like misspelled something in them, which I would definitely do. Yes. I'm not a great, I'm not a great speller. Auto correct yep. and stuff saves me more times than not that I would um, like that. I would then ruin, ruin the journal, right? Even though no one would see the journal, Right, just well, me. I was always worried that my handwriting wouldn't look as nice as I wanted it to. Oh, like I was worried. Right, I, I, I wasn't got down worried to that about level. that. I knew that was true. Right, like so, that. That's an app. Like I was like, oh, my handwriting is, um, at best, okay, and in a rush, pretty terrible. I, I'm not gonna. Um, I'm going to say this, and again, somebody somewhere. Um, Lol. Which well, somebody somewhere will argue about this, but I'm left-handed, and so I just never got to. Um, I never got really solid. Like like I don't have great handwriting, which is why I'm an excellent typist. So this is really interesting because so the other thing the letter writing actually makes me think of, which is not related to the the immediate desire to pick up all of the accoutrement, because boy, do I want to buy stationery and I may not resist for a whole lot longer. We'll see. Um, but the other thing that it made me think of is there was this book that I really, really enjoyed um, that I got at my local library. So of course I'm trying to remember what it's called and I'm trying to remember who wrote it. Um, and I thought it was Elizabeth Ann Scarborough. Listeners, but I listeners don't think it is. Listeners pay attention. See if you can help. <laughs> um, Which so, it was a, uh, no, it's not a source. Anyway, it was a book. And I remember that the main character's name was Cecilia. But it was a book written by an author that I liked a lot, whose name I apparently now cannot remember. Because I thought it was Elizabeth Ann Scarborough, but I just looked through her entire list of books. And it was not there. Um... And it was something about magic, but it was a book that like she had written letters back and forth with one of her friends and every letter was a chapter wow. and it was this fantastic like Victorian magic adventure spy story thing and it was super cool. And I don't remember it super well, except that ever since I read that book, I've always really wanted to write letters back and forth and write a story by writing letters, right? So like, I'm really excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> um it's really cool and we're not writing letters to everybody every week but like we get assigned to someone that we have to write a letter to every week and then you can respond to a letter that you receive if you want to right so like you can control your commitment in terms of time and energy and stuff right but anyway gosh i wish i could remember the name of that book it's going to drive me absolutely up a wall i know i have some of her books on my shelf but i think they're behind me where i can't see them Excellent, which is causing excellent. me All right, problems. so look, we can't have anyway, you just staring at your bookshelf. Um, I know, but I am. Well, then I should probably now take over. <laughs> so you should you should tell us about what's giving you life in gaming. Okay, since you've now wandered off. and I know. Somebody tell me what the name of this book is. All righty. Um, so it's given me life in gaming uh, this, uh, this past couple weeks, and uh, will again um, this week, is Superhero Games. Uh, Woot. I I am, um, I've always liked superhero games of some sort or another, uh, back from when I first picked up my first copy of Villains and Vigilantes, although I did not like Villains and Vigilantes. Um, 
I liked the idea of it. I did not like that. Game. <laughs> um, I really fell in love um, with superhero games with um, Marvel superheroes, the face rip system, um, and then later with the Marvel superhero saga system. Uh, masks, of course. Um, oh, the Palladium one. Heroes Unlimited was another one I really liked. Um, but um, the two weeks ago, I started running my Icons campaign. So Icons by Steve Kennison, um, who is the creator of Mutants and Masterminds, which is um, arguably one of the, um, I, I don't want to say crunchiest. <laughs> it is a fairly robust uh, superheroes game. Um, and it's uh, D20 based and all of that. Um, I played it. I ran it for a while. I, I liked it well enough, but I actually, so Steve also made icons, which I love. Mm. Uh, icons is, um, icons has a lot of fate um, woven into its DNA. It, it can't be unintentional for how much uh, DNA is woven in there. Um, it has to be very intentional and I like it a lot. In fact, it's, it, it's so much that I have trouble using the actual game terms of the game. And I often just keep using the fate terms for it. So I keep saying things Seems like fair. aspects instead of qualities and fate points instead of determination. But here's what I love about, um, about superhero games. And I'm going to say icons, and then I'm going to lump masks in with this as well, because I had the same feeling for masks as I do for icons. I really like, so I really like superhero games that don't overly mechanize powers. So, okay. yes. if, if you go back to like, um, if you go back to things like Mutants and Masterminds, Heroes Unlimited, and things like that, um, Powers like read like almost like spells, like little mini rule, um, little mini rule packages, right? But I like a superhero game where the superpowers are more narrative and there's just a central mechanism for doing task resolution. Yeah. So I like this a lot because what I think this does is that. One of what I think is the cool parts of a superhero game is using your superpowers kind of outside of the obvious way that they're used. Yeah. Uh, yep. And and to me, what I th what that does is it creates this um, constrained creativity in a player. Like you have this set of powers, and you have this problem in front of you. How do you use your powers to to help you know solve or or you know advance the work to solve uh this problem and i love that because it, i think it brings out um i think it brings out great creativity in players and i find it utterly surprising as a gm like utterly surprising what's going to come out of um out of players' mouths as they kind of think up ways to um to use their powers and then if the system has a really nice uh, clear task resolution, then it becomes really straightforward to figure out how to kind of apply dice um, to what they want to do. Uh, because uh, if everything succeeded, that wouldn't be um, that wouldn't be good drama, right? The part of superheroes no. things is mm -hmm. 
you know, the chance of failure and the, and the stakes of failure. So I, I like that, you know, after you figure out what it is they're going to do, that there's a really clear way to figure out what it is they have to roll, uh, right? And in masks, it really comes down to um, just a handful of powers or a handful of moves. And in icons, it's quite simple. It's very... Um, you just either roll for the stat or you roll directly for the power against some level. It's very straightforward. And I just love um, I just love the creativity it brings. We, we did this relatively um, it really wasn't even it wasn't anything uh, very special. We just did this fight in this um, college quad with this um, with this robot. And it was just a blast watching the players. Uh, figure out ways to use their powers to to uh, save people and to uh, defeat the robot and just even how they chose to figure out how to defeat the robot. Like it was a lot of fun, and I really enjoy um, the spontaneity, and I really enjoy like just sitting there. And, you know, listening to these solutions of being like, yes, yes, that's cool. That's cool. Okay. This is how I see that in the comic book. Right. Like, and then start to describe out, um, how to describe out those moves. So, yeah, I just, I really, I really like that pairing. I really like, uh, narrative powers. And when I say narrative, I mean like the power can have like almost, um, almost no serious description, right? Like, right. You've got force beams. What does it mean? I well, don't you know. got beams. They're and they made do of force. force. <laughs> <laughs> what can I do with them? I don't know. Let's find out what you can do with them, right? <laughs> um, and Icons has this really great um, system for how to do it. And it's very fate like. So uh, once you know what the intent is, it's really easy to figure out which mechanical path you need to go down. Like, like, what's your intent here? Oh, I want to damage it. Cool, that's an attack. We'll go this way. What's your intent here? Oh, I want to, I want to set it up for you know the next person to come and hit. Oh, you want to put a quality on it? Like you, in you this want case, to it, create an advantage. Yes, create an advantage. Cool. <laughs> I well, we know see how to why do- it's difficult to not use fate words for this. Oh, it's so. <laughs> I, I'm only curious. I, I really am just curious. Um, in terms of why it's not just a fate game, yeah, and why it's um, so fate like, but not really. Yeah. I would love to. Um, I would love to at some point ask Steve that question. The other thing that Icons has really made me think about is that I looked at Icons and I was like, okay, I could make a couple of um, quick cuts to this game, as in pare down the power list. And change the, there's a scale, like the, you know, like there's the fate table. So what they do is they take that, that chain of numbers, but they also put it next to like, this is how much weight you can lift. This is how much, uh, how fast you can run, whatever. And one of the things you could do to hack the game is to just change the numbers, right? Like you could just say like, no, you can't lift a planet with a plus 10. Um, Right. You you can only lift like a battleship. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but what that would do is then that would let me actually get very close to um, that. Let me get very close to running uh, underground. Yeah. Uh, a game that I uh, very much love, but a um, 
rule system that is a slightly dated and maybe not as much fun uh, to play in. Um, but I, it could easily be with just a little work uh, in icons uh, in icons game. Yeah, I, underground I, is is the thing I thought of when you were like, you should watch the hunted. That's my favorite episode from season three of the Next Generation, and I was like. Oh boy, I can see that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, super soldier who can't go home, right? Like, yeah, go figure. <laughs> yeah. Super yep. soldier who's only got, you know, he's basically, he is a hammer. Yes. And all of his problems wind up being nails, right? Even when he doesn't that's, want it to be. He doesn't want them to be nails, but yeah. they all have to be nails because that's the only tool he has. That's a, and, and actually when I did play um, many, many years ago, Chris and I hacked up a uh, very early version of Fate Core to play, um, <coughs> excuse me, to play Underground. And uh, that was our takeaway after we played it was what was, what was great about the game was you were trying to make the world a better place, make your neighborhood a better place. But the only things that you were really good at doing was busting Violence. shit up. Right, yeah. like, which is like not the best way to actually accomplish no. that goal. And and so what would happen is the players would have to, you know, like they would, you know, they would come up with these ways to solve problems, but they were inevitable. They were inevitably f- like flawed because it's like, well, we should negotiate, but then like the person they were negotiating with would get hot, and they would just like they, you know, well, just guess bash. we're fighting, right? <laughs> just. <laughs> Or their solution to a lot of things was like, well, we could steal that and give it to the neighborhood. Right. Um, because that was the thing they were good at. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, that was actually a lot of fun. Um, it was a fun emergent um, theme in the game was just like, well, you're hammers. <laughs> like, right. Solve, try to solve some problems. Right. No, it's cool. Yeah. So, anyway, superhero games is a thing that's. Um, that's definitely given me life. Plus I think the other part of it is besides the mechanical part um, in a time right now, that's really um, very tense um, for me also full of a lot of anxiety, a lot of uh, control issues, right. Um, For the things that are the um, large number of things that can't be controlled. Uh, The thing about superhero games that are nice is that it's, um, it's it's superheroes. It's a fantasy of superhero control. It's superheroes and the world's like a good place and there are good guys and like we're not playing 90s, you know, superheroes where every superhero has a sword and pouches. Like we're we're playing um we're playing a 2000s game but like it's a like optimistic um you know, it's like an optimistic world where you know there are good guys and there are bad guys and um you know, yeah, good none, guys none punch. This, good guys punch bad guys. And, none of this grim, dark nonsense. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna be done with dystopia for a little while. That's uh, <laughs> gonna have to back burner dystopia for a little while. So the really interesting thing that occurred to me as you were talking about the first part of this, where you don't define powers and so you can use them to do anything, is that one of the things I've discovered from running. Um, love and justice over and over and over again is that one of the places that people get really stuck is that when you pick your power, they always try to tell me exactly what it does. And I always am like saying, no, 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 you don't need to tell me what it does. You just need to tell me that it's pink sparkle sugar, right? Because I don't know what you're going to do with pink sparkle sugar. 
you don't know what you're going to need to do with pink sparkle sugar. Like, don't walk yourself into a corner here, right? But it's just funny and interesting that, like, the first thing that I thought of when you started talking about that is I was like, magical girl. (laughs) Wait, wait, we wrote this game. You might not remember, but we also did that. (laughs) No, defining powers in a magical girl game is a terrible idea. No, it's terrible. Powers in a magical girl game is mostly a plot device. Well, it is. But, like, the funny thing is that as a show trope, you have a specific set of defined powers and you call out their names as you do them, right? Except that the thing about the defined powers is they do whatever is plotly necessary. Yeah, there's a moment in Voltron where (laughs) in the middle of a fight, when they're getting their ass kicked and they don't know what to do, like one of the lions, this panel will open up and they'll be like, oh, that you know the panels opened up for my bayar and they like take the they take their device and they stick it in and turn it and then the lion does a thing that <laughs> solves the problem in the in the episode whatever the thing is but you can't it can't unlock until they get their asses sufficiently kicked yeah 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 and i got to admit from a game design point of view there is a really fun idea of a mechanic that um you can fight these creatures and use your normal weapons and stuff. But if you get to like um, one quarter of your quote hit points and you have like, and you have like narrative currency, like (laughs) you can spend it. Just, you can just deus ex machina. Yeah. Like you can spend it, unlock it, narrate what it is that solves the problem and then add it to your character sheet. Right. And then like, I mean, that's, that's a awesome. new established yeah, power. It. That's yeah. super cool to keep it. I was going to say, it's actually kind of like the whole thing with being bloodied in D and D. Right. When they added that whole thing where like you, you get, you're bloodied and now you've unlocked extra stuff. No, no. See Voltron. So the Voltron I'm talking about, the one that is on Netflix, Voltron did a really good job. Like if it gets established in an episode, they then in future episodes, yeah. in future episodes, it comes back again. Like right. there was one time they needed to go somewhere real fast and they activated the power and they got this like super jet pack. And then like many, many episodes later, they needed to go somewhere fast and without any problems or being under any stress, they just activated the super jet pack. And right. it was like, well, okay, well you wrote it on your character sheet. Right. So like the thing about magical girls is very similar, actually. Because yeah, yeah. the funny thing about Gundam shows and magical girls shows is that they're actually they're the really similar show. in terms of tropes. Yeah. yeah. It just is it a big mechanical robot or a girl in an adorable outfit, right? It, it is literally just <laughs> it is literally just the um the binary gender of like it kind it, of is yeah um but was so the the thing that's a, the same thing happens with magical girl shows like you go you get into the serious episodes when shit really goes down um everything is horrible um say like it's usually you know sailor moon is the only one who is still conscious and then she unlocks the ability to do something new and she saves her friends or her friends wake up just enough to feed her their power and then she turns into super sailor moon and then she can just do that from the on you know so here's what i want now <laughs> yes. now i want the flip of those i want i want the magical boy sh- i want the magical i want the magical boy show and i want the um i want the um all uh the all women um the all women mech gundam uh sentai like i want How i want you- <laughs> I want, there, I just, are, there are some things about the book. So what's interesting is that the 
we could get into a really interesting conversation and but I honestly not. haven't done enough research, but I will say two things about it. The first thing that I will say about it is um, I have consumed a, a number of animes where it is a girl mech show and it's then interesting because um, what I feel about those shows, while I very much enjoy them, is that is definitely shows in which the woman is there for the male gaze. It becomes really interesting. So if we talk about something like She the Ultimate Weapon, for example, which don't watch unless you want to ball your eyeballs out to be clear. Um, but like that show is even not even told from the perspective of the girl who is the ultimate weapon. It's told from the perspective of her boyfriend who is a normal human. Yeah, I, I'm right? talking like, about, I get what you're talking about, but it's really interesting, but like shows exist like that, but they are, aren't created like the way I, that you're talking about. I, I right? want the, I want it real. Like I want the full on experience. Yeah. And, and I don't want it to be like, I don't want it to be women acting like dudes piloting mechs. I want them to be women being women piloting mechs. And then like, and then like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't, don't just, don't just change the gender, but give me the same like yeah. Sentai boy script. Like, <laughs> like, get, like I, I want do it all over. Like tear the I whole, feel tear like the whole trope. has to oh, exist. I'm sure it exists. My <laughs> knowledge too, of anime. My is anime knowledge is about 10 years out of date Correct. and I haven't I'm, found it. That doesn't I'm mean sure it doesn't that somebody exist. will be tweeting. Somebody's going to tell and being us like, watch this. Watch and I will say ones. thank you. Like I yes. will. Then thank you. Send thank us you the advance. magical boys, please. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally, I would totally love. I mean, I mean, not Staler Starlights don't count because they turn into girls when they transform. Yes. And the boys on Amazon is not magical boys. Let's just be clear. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not that's not magical. All right. So complete side note. I found the name of the book. I had the wrong author. It's called Swords and Cecilia. No, no. Sorcery and Cecilia. And it's by Patricia C. Reed. Okay. Perfect. Excellent. Yes. Thank you for finding it. Yes. Hey, let us move on to our next section, which is <laughs> yeah, we'll do it quickly, else. right? Yep. Something else giving that's us giving life. you life. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to go or do you want to no, go? No, I don't because yours is cooler than mine. <laughs> so I would like to just get mine out of the way. Okay, you go because yours will be the better ending. Okay. Um, so the thing that's given me life is uh, paper books. So, <laughs> as someone who used to work in publishing. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? Delighted um, giga. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, for many years, I've had I, like I like to use my iPad for consuming media, right? I have um, I have PDFs of all my game books. I have Marvel Unlimited for reading all the comic books. Um, I have you know Kindle app on my iPad, whatever. So I use my iPad a lot for consuming media. But um, after having a lot of anxiety problems and having some really bad. Um, insomnia and sleep problems over a couple of weeks during the pandemic. I actually had it happen twice and I stopped it once myself. And the second time was kind of just out of control where I was barely sleeping uh, night after night. And it was really starting to wear me out. Um, I had a really good talk with my therapist. And one of the things that we started working on was kind of um, de-escalating my evenings, right? So stopping doing any kind of work by a certain time and doing some like recreation like Minecraft or something no social media after a certain time. But then the last part of it was like an hour before I go to bed, no screens, no phone, no iPad, no computer, no TV, but do something. And I was like, what what will I do? (laughs) And I was like, well, I could read, but I'm like, well, I can't because like, I'm not going to use my iPad. And I'm like, 
but wait, that <laughs> there's the shelf. There's the like, thing called books. That, that bookshelf full of books might be the clue to like <laughs> to this mystery. So I, I so I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna read physical books again, uh, and so that's what I've been doing. Is that like an hour before I go to bed, I turn off all my screens, I go and sit. Uh, up in a chair <laughs> and uh, sometimes I have a snack sometimes I have like a little water sometimes I chew some gum to keep me from falling asleep and for like an hour or so uh, I just I hold a book not a thing I have done in a while <laughs> and turn pages and read and I know it sounds really um, silly but I, I, I mean I've always loved books and then I got to a point where um, I just you know I put a lot of it on my iPad because it was convenient um, but it's not really good for me in the evenings. And so uh, actually physically reading a book and just well, feeling the pages again and stuff like that has been uh, like a really lovely uh, experience. And I just I didn't even jump into any new books because I'm in a place where like I don't want an unpredictable outcome Right. Like it's the same reason why I won't watch new shows right now. I don't want an unpredictable outcome to my TV. I want I want tried and true. Right. I just I just want to feel good. Um, so I actually picked up um, a rather massive tome that I have, which is um, the uh, I think it's the Great Book of Amber. And it's uh, all 10 uh, Rogers, Lasney Amber novels. Oh, my God. And in one book. It is um, it is twelve hundred pages. That's that that thing is a monster. It, it's a monster. I'm I don't reading even the like first. I'm reading them that big. That's why. I'm, that's why Tad Williams' Memory of Sorrow and Thorn on my shelf is two separate paperbacks, twelve hundred pages each. Uh, you don't to, make those be, one book. To be clear, <laughs> in in its original publication, it was ten books. Yeah, um, yeah. And I actually, I think. I got the big book out of convenience many, many, many years ago. But yeah. I think I kind of want to go and buy for uh, reading convenience it a maybe. hardcover set of them just <laughs> to own them. Yeah. Um. I I think I would enjoy that quite a bit. My ex had the hardcover set, and I lost him in the divorce. So yeah. I kind of would like to. Um, I kind of would like to rec- like I would like to have a hardcover set again. But anyway, I'm physically reading books, and it is lovely. Like I forgot the. Um, while I miss the ability to just zoom in when when the letters look too little, um, <laughs> and I miss Aww, the you're getting old. <laughs> I am, but I have bifocals now. Aww. I also miss the thing which I really like on my Kindle, where um, if I'm not a hundred percent on a word, mm-hmm. like I can just click it and quick read the definition of it. Like I find that to be really uh, helpful. Uh, but um, turning pages is uh, a lovely feeling, like. There is there is a reason why publish there is a reason why books are still special. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I know I could just go in circles about it again. So I'm done. That's okay. I really that. like I really like books too. Um, you Buy can your many see, many bookshelves. You can only see one of them from this angle, but there's two more over well, here. When you used to record, I could see it the other. You one. could see a couple of them. Yeah. Plus, I've recorded in that space. Yeah, you've been in this room. There's lots of bookshelves in here. Yes. Um. Yeah. 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 What? is giving you life and why is it tied to your head (laughs) yeah so so i'm queer right like this is a thing i've been pretty open about for a while now but um but i'm like pan queer 
Um, and so, uh, you know, I've been married. I have a child. I've been married to a cis man. I have a child. Um, in all ways, uh, to the outside world, I have appeared to be a very heteronormative person for a very long time in my life, even though that hasn't um, always been how I've acted. Um, and the interesting thing is that um, once I got divorced, I started to, um, you know, be more accepting of those parts of myself again. Um, like <laughs> now that I'm like not in, in some of those expectations. And, uh, and so it's been a journey of like, yes, I'm queer. And then it's been a journey of like, then I put it on Twitter. Right. And, and then it's been like, but I know that I pass, which is both a privilege and also invisibility. And this is the interesting thing that I talked to my, my therapist about, right? Because invisibility is also um, a thing. Um, so, uh, the thing that is giving me life this week is that I finally gave in and, um, I, I bought rainbow things. I have never owned a rainbow thing that I could wear. Um, and it's pride. And even though pride is very different this year because, um, you know, pandemic and stuff, and also frankly, like there, there are other things we need to be marching about right now. Absolutely. But there are some pride things we should be marching about right now too, but oof, we won't go into that right now. Um, but the thing is that I haven't ever had anything that one would wear to like pride. Um, so I, I got two things. I have a rainbow kerchief, which I am wearing in my hair right now. And I have a very adorable rainbow striped vintage dress from Unique Vintage, which I am now falling in love with their stuff. It has pockets. Oh, God. Um, and uh, so this is this is my thing that's giving me life. They came um, in the middle of this week. And it's the first time that I have felt um, dare I say, but I think that this is a common feeling among us by slash pan folks. Um, I finally fear queer enough to wear rainbows. I, I'm I'm 100 with you, right? Like I've I've struggled. Um, I, I've struggled with this myself um, for some time, um, and you know, I, I, like I and I have um, my most rainbowy thing because you know I predominantly wear just all black um, i mean yes <laughs> but my most rainbowy thing is my um my fate overcome t-shirt yes that one is very good um, which i love um and you know i have uh, several pins right i have a bunch of pins that i usually wear at conventions and stuff yeah i don't but there's have... no conventions there's no con yeah we're not conventioning right now <laughs> um so no, I'm 100% with you, right? I've, I've struggled with this as well. It's been a thing I've talked about in therapy as well um, and have um, and have wrestled with, right? The question of, am I queer enough, right? Like, like how, yeah, like, like, will like, anyone know? Right? Does it like, matter? And then there's like, does it matter? But then it's also like, am I taking up space where I shouldn't take up space? Like sure. there's, that's part of that feeling. Like the, am I queer enough feeling is, is it okay for me to be in this space? Yeah. yeah, totally. Is it, I, like, is it okay for me to claim space in these circles or whatever, yeah. right? Like, and the general consensus has always been the answer is yes. Yes. But the harder part is, is... Um, is the feeling it, right? It is, it is like a weird... Like, I don't want to say it's the same as, but it's very similar to like imposter syndrome. 
Yeah, it feels right. a lot. It feels a lot like it because it's the do I belong here? Yeah, do I am I am, am I am, am I enough to belong here? Can I check this box? Yeah, right. Um, and do the I answer. Ha- do I have the cred to belong here? Which is actually exactly how my imposter syndrome manifests sure. itself, and it feels the same. Do I have the queer cred to exist in right. this space? And, do I have the game designer cred to be on this panel? Like. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and the thing is, when you when you buy something um, with rainbow on it, and when you uh, fly that flag, the the fear that you're running up against is, am I going to be cred checked? Yes. Right. Like like you're wearing this rainbow. You're wearing this rainbow um, scarf tied around your hair. You know now are you know is somebody going to come up to you and be like, you know, why are you wearing that? Like you have a kid. Like, right. you know, or, or some hilariously, other hilariously, yeah. um, I thought you and Andy weren't dating. Well, we're not. <laughs> right. Yes, we just <laughs> but we together. do live in the same house. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And so I totally get it. Right. And I think that um, and I think it's fantastic. Like when one is inspired um, to like to purchase it and yeah, and to be able to fly. Uh, to fly the flag. Like I said, I, you know, I wore my, um, so I wore my fate um, shirt out one day to go grocery shopping um, a couple weeks or at the, right at the beginning of uh, June, because I was like, Oh, it's June. I threw the, it's June. Right. I threw Hooray! it on. I had to go to the grocery store to pick something up and I went to pick it up. And the cashier who was checking me out, she was a young girl, a uh, young woman. She was, um, Oh, probably like 20-ish, right? Yeah. Um, she turned and looked and was like, oh, I really like your t-shirt. Now, I'm fairly confident she didn't say that because I had the fate overcome. Right. I was going to say, like, there's just not that many people who are like, that's the overcome icon. Right. I'm pretty <laughs> sure she wasn't commenting on the overcome part as much as she was commenting on the on rainbow. On the rainbow. Yeah. Right. Um. And, you know, and I thanked her for it because I'm pretty sure what she, you know, I'm pretty sure she just acknowledged, you know, it's like that TikTok thing. Like, I was going to say, are, it's like, are, you? are you, are you, are you I love your you? outfit. Are you, are you, are you? Are you? Are yeah. You? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, one, it feels really nice to um, like one, it's a little leap of faith to fly your own, to fly your flag. Yeah. But then it's really fulfilling when um, somebody comments on it, because 90% of the time when somebody comments on your rainbow stuff, um, that's why they're commenting on it. Yeah. I say 90, like completely arbitrary percent. It's a total, but, total arbitrary numbers. I just, I, I'm just throwing this shit out. But, but I'm, but that's, I mean, that's the feeling, right? Like if you go, if you went through the drive through at Starbucks tomorrow to get yourself a chai and somebody was like, oh, I love that scarf. Right. Yeah. Then it is, if nothing else, it is an acknowledgement of like, I see you in this queer yeah, space, right? Exactly. Even if they aren't. Exactly. It's still an acknowledgement of that, right? Which feels great. It feels not invisible. Hi. Yes. There's like two days a year that we get to be not invisible. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yes, I totally get it. And I think it's, um, what you call it? I think it's fantastic. And I also think it's a fantastic way to wrap up. Um, our discussion for today. So we'll leave on that note. I like the uh, I like your scarf quite a bit. Um, I think it's adorable. Uh, it's very vibrant. Look at it. I like it's super it. cute. Super cute. Very much. 
And in order for us uh, to properly end the show, we always uh, start by talking about another show on the Mistracted Mark Network. Do you have one in mind? Otherwise, I'll do one. Uh, you can do one. <laughs> sure. The Misdirected Mark uh, yeah, yeah. is a show uh, where uh, myself, Bob, and Jerry uh, get together to talk about gaming, game mastering, and entertaining you, our listeners. Um, come give us a listen. We are currently um, about to take a deep dive where we're going to go take apart a game and talk all about it. Um, but in general, we talk about game mastering and playing games and things like that. So give a listen to The Misdirected Mark. Yay. Now Say you have Santa. to keep going. Yeah, because you I'm, did my bit. I know how to do it. Are you sure, though? There's I no do. script. I do. <laughs> Say, Senda, where can people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. Or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Well... You can leave us topics. We're not currently using them right now, but we do need to stock up on them. To be honest, I'm ready to kind of plunge like four years of old topics and just start all over. Yeah, that um, might happen. So we do actually need new topics. Um, we like to, when we're doing the show in its normal format, we like to do the show uh, talking about the things that you want to hear about. Um, and so we want to resume that as soon as the world gets more stable. And so do we. Yeah. Um, so please consider sending uh, us your topics. If you like what we do here or elsewhere um, in the Mistracted Mark Network, please consider going to our Patreon page and um, showing us a little uh, Patreon support. You can go to patreon.com slash MMP. Um, there's a whole bunch of things you get for being part of um, the Misdirected Mark Patreon. The main thing is access to the Slack Room for Life, which is um, a fantastic community of fantastic humans talking about life and games um, and joking around. I mean, we have things going on. Like right now we're doing our Star Trek uh, Watch Club, our which Next is great. Generation Watch Club. That's why I just um, watched The Hunted. Yeah, yeah. Except Fan I wasn't on the official list. No, no, that was on the recommended. Yes. Um, it's a fantastic, um, it's a fantastic little thing. It's just a little thing we're doing inside the community. Um, but we also talk about all sorts of topics um, in there as well. Um, you get access to the bonus outtakes from this show. You get access to the after show from the Restructed Mark. Um, and occasionally when we are um, a little more operational and a little less hunkered down, uh, we like to uh, just throw things out there, little things for, uh, for our patrons to play and read and have and and stuff like that. And that stuff will, we'll do more of that. Um, hopefully, uh, in the coming months as things kind of come together. Yeah. Anyway. Um, there's oh, another yes. thing you can do. Yeah. If you um, want to help us, uh, if you want to help spread the word, uh, really, we just need people to listen to us. Because if you listen to us, you will absolutely love us. And... Um, there are a number of ways you can do that. First of all, just go tell all your friends to go listen to us. Yeah, that um, works. Or really ambush well. them. Just like bring it with you somewhere. No, no. Remember, we and had just to... turn it on and just be like, "Hey, listen, these these <laughs> two are fantastic." Anyway, <laughs> but we also need help in reaching people that you don't know. And there's a way that you can help us find those people uh -huh. um, by going to a place that um, used to be iTunes. 
but now has a different name for dumb reasons. Um, what? Wh- where's the place and what's the thing that people can do? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show, which is great. There's this weird mishmash. There are like people who are hunting for tons of new shows right now because they're all out of content because they have too much time on their hands and they need to fill it. And then there's the opposite, which is my experience at the moment, which is I have dropped listening to everything. But anyway, if you put reviews, then you'll help the people who need more new content find us, which is great. So anyway, um, it's really fantastic when you do that thing. We super duper 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 appreciate it. Or, you know, just like tweet about us or whatever. That's cool, too. Um, and uh, thank you so much to everyone who already has. We, we love you all with big hearts. Heart hands. Big heart hands. Big heart hands. Say, Senda, who are you writing your next letter to? <laughs> the Revenant. <laughs> With his mutton chops. <laughs> this show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Click, click. I have waveforms. Oh, hooray for waveforms. Hey. (laughs) Well, we won't talk about this much now, but... No, we'll talk about these things at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Open hailing frequencies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good. Show me what you got. 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 Ooh, are you there? Yes, are you there? Oh, yeah. I think you went so high, it like cut out of my audio for a second. <laughs> Sorry, okay. We, we need to put a...